0: Data is the new currency, I mean, I, I think we all talk about it. There's just so much stuff that is possible through the data. I actually believe that we are in the phase of collecting the data, but what questions do we need answer from the data that's yet to become?
1: Ethical data collection from Wi-Fi networks is creating new experiences for sports fans and new monetization opportunities for venue owners. We're going to learn about that today on The Signal with Extreme Networks. Welcome back to The Signal. I'm Martha DeGrasse here for Wi-Fi Alliance, and this is our podcast where we talk to industry leaders about the growing portfolio of Wi-Fi technologies that we see changing the connectivity landscape. And today we are going to learn about the hidden gems of data in Wi-Fi networks from Nabil Bukhari. He is CTO at Extreme Networks. Nabil, welcome to the podcast.
0: Martha, thank you so much for having me here. Really excited to be here.
1: Yeah, this is great. We're here at CES, so thanks for taking time away from that to talk to us. So harvesting data and analyzing data, obviously, it's a fast growing and fascinating area. And I think that extreme networks has kind of been at the forefront. I think that even though you're going to tell me that that your hardware and software is always the best, some venues, stadiums, that's your sweet spot, right? And some are actually using your data analytics, even when they're not using Your hardware and software
0: yeah absolutely martha i mean data is the new currency i mean I, i think we all talk about it there's just so much stuff that is possible through the data i actually believe that we are in the phase of collecting the data but what questions do we need to answer from the data that's yet to become? But yes, as you pointed out, there is a treasure trove of data that is available in the network, and that data really resides in multiple categories, right? So the first category would be operational efficiency. How do I make sure that I can provide you, as a user, somebody that connects to the Wi Fi network, the right level of experience and application performance and stuff like that? So that's the operational and efficiency data. The second set of data is really around behavioral data. Now, before anybody gets scared, no, we do not collect any data that can be attached to an identity. Nobody can see into what you're doing on an application if you're connecting the Wi-Fi. This is really anonymized data, like talking about that, hey, if you are in a campus or if you are in a stadium, what kind of applications people are using? Not a specific person but then aggregate what they're using. And that opens up multiple new opportunities. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but that's really the second set, which is behavioral data and can be used for revenue generation. And the last one is really around risk mitigation. Now, all the way from making sure that people cannot take over the network, to depending upon your application, identifying bad actors and maybe you know figuring out their location and so on and so forth, and we can talk about a few applications around that as well. But coming back to your question, yes, absolutely. So that's all the kind of data that our analytics tools really collect from the network, from the Wi-Fi, because most people connect through the Wi-Fi, but the rest of our portfolio as well. And yes. Anybody can use that because you can collect a certain amount of data from any kind of device, right? So third-party devices, you can connect to them and you can collect a certain amount of data depending on how much they allow. And all of that can feed into our AI systems and really give you the benefits in the three categories that I talked about. But the thing is, you and I briefly talked about it earlier, is that most of the networking devices are not really built ground up with analytics in mind, they're built ground up with connectivity in mind. So analytics is kind of an afterthought. Why our AI, cloud-based AI system works really well with our infrastructure, our Wi-Fi, as well as switching as well, is because our universal platforms were built ground up for this new age of data. So when you combine them together, obviously the richness of the data and the granularity of the data is much, much higher. So summarizing, because I said a lot of things, summarizing, yes, people can use our AI platforms, even if they do not use our network, and they can get huge amounts of value. But the real magic happens when you combine them together.
1: Fair enough. Okay, so let's go through the categories. We're definitely going to talk about all of them, but I'm going to skip to number two, because I think that there's a lot of interest in not only from venues that want to collect this data, but also... From all of us who go to these venues, we want to know when we log into the Wi-Fi, what are people finding out about me? And it sounds like they're not finding anything out about me. They're finding out about what the whole group did. Correct. So tell us about how that data is being used.
0: Yeah. So first, as you know, I pointed out and you reiterated that, that this data is not like, hey, what is Nabil doing on applications and oh my God, look at that. He's like, what's happening to that person? And so no, you cannot get that kind of data. That data is encrypted at the application layer. And then that is also encrypted on the Wi-Fi side and you can't break that. So rest assured, nobody can do that. And for us, it's really important that people trust that. So it's not just that you take my word for that. We are the pretty much the only networking company out there that has gone to extreme lengths to get no pun intended, Extreme (laughs) Lens, gone to Extreme Lens to get multiple ISO certification, multiple data privacy certification, SOC 1 audit, SOC 2 audit for all of our applications that run in the cloud to really give the consumer that confidence and that trust that this is not the data about them specifically. This is the data about the group. So for example, you mentioned we're very widely deployed in stadiums. We are the official Wi-Fi and analytics providers for most of the sports franchise out there. Chances are, if you watch pretty much any sport in a stadium in North America, chances are very high you're connected to you know our technology. So we have a lot of experience in there. But just to give you an example, so if you're in a stadium as a stadium owner, either you're the stadium owner or you're the sports team that owns that stadium, you might want to know that, hey, spectators, generally speaking, what do they connect to? What do they use? Are they going into my online video instant replay app and doing that? Are they Facebook? or are, are they on Instagram and stuff? And they want to know that because that kind of behavioral data can unlock huge marketing and revenue opportunities. I'll give you an example right? And it's a really interesting example. I will, I will not take the name of the team or the apps that I'll talk about it, but a really great sports team in our stadium, they were one of the pioneers on this. So it's all our Wi-Fi, all of our switching, the user analytics. And one day we actually went to them and we like, look, we've been kind of analyzing this data. And what you would notice is that for the past two years, whenever there is a game a lot of your spectators actually are on this one particular dating app while they're sitting inside the stadium. Now, who would have thought, right? And we were all like, "Wow, that's really exciting." And their like network people were like, "Wow, that's really interesting." But then their CML was like, "Now, that's really interesting." Because then they went and started talking to that dating app, and they ended up having this amazing sponsorship and co-marketing and so on (laughs) and so forth. So think about that. That whole entire revenue stream and a new partnership was only possible because you got that insight through the data that people are looking for their dates when they're watching games, Multitasking. (laughs) Multitasking, right? That's the new generation, I guess. But yeah, so that's an example of how that data is used. Now, again, that data is not about like, hey, Nabil is using that, but it's just like, hey, 60% of your users are using that. And by the way, they use that when the game is actually not that exciting. (laughs) Things like that. So there's just so much power in there. And I would say we are just at the very start of what is possible when you unlock this behavioral data from the network. Actually, since, as you mentioned, we were at CES, I just came from a panel, sitting with a bunch of marketers up there, and that is exactly what I told them uh-huh. You know, on the panel. And I said like, look, you're all marketing people, I'm not, I'm a tech person. But I can tell you that the challenge in front of you is that you are not using all of this data that is available in the network, And once you take this data and marry it with the data that comes from the digital side, application and stuff, just imagine the kind of experiences you can deliver to your consumers. So, yeah, I think this is just the very start of this journey, and it's super exciting.
1: Yeah, it it is. Okay, so that's sort of a revenue-generating opportunity that the network provides for venue owners. The other two things maybe are sort of on the cost control issues, right? Network experience. Talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So the first category is really operational efficiency, SLAs, you know, like what kind of because think about it this way. I'll move away from stadiums for a second. We're pretty big in education as well. Right. And, you know, we go to this higher education or K to 12 doesn't really matter. We go to there and a lot of those schools are telling us that sometimes students actually visit the campus when they're figuring out what school they want to go to. And sometimes they decide which school they're going to go to based on the Wi-Fi connectivity. And I've heard it from enough schools where I'm like, oh, wow, this really is a thing. Because imagine a younger student at this age that comes in has an average of seven to eight different devices. A couple of laptops, cell phones, iPads, any of the gaming thing, Xbox, PlayStation, or maybe both, and a little Nintendo and a Roku, right? So (laughs) this is what they bring in. And all of it is connected through the Wi-Fi. So to them, it is not just about like, oh, can I connect to the Wi-Fi and download my emails? No, they really look at Wi-Fi. Can I actually continue to live my life the way I want to while I am at school? And maybe get online to study in my spare time, right? (laughs) Once in a while, I hope so, right? But that's really the power of Wi-Fi. So the reason I'm pointing out is that Wi-Fi is not, no longer for businesses, whether they are stadiums or schools or hospitals or, or retails or whatever it is. It's not a good to have. It's a must have. And not only that, well, I am in this hotel. I mean, like, I'll take my example. I decide which hotel chain I'm going to stay at based on can I actually have a Zoom call from my room when I'm connected to the hotel Wi-Fi? I think that's all of our experience in the last couple of years. So Wi-Fi is a necessity and that it's not just about connecting. It is about having that level of service and experience. I need to be able to do Zoom where the video is working.
1: So the SLAs, it's not just efficiency and cost control. It affects the top line, it is what you're affects, telling
0: me. It affects the top line, absolutely. Because, look... Today's world, we all live simultaneously in the digital world and in the physical world. And that is not going to change, right? Right. And the two worlds are kind of colliding more and more because there are more and more experiences that span both the digital as well as the physical world. And the most prevalent way of connecting is through the Wi-Fi. So it's almost like saying that having power is good to have. I just remembered an anecdote. You know, my nephew... He's like 20 years old now, and he always tells me that I can live without power, but I can't live without Wi-Fi. <laughs> and it's not just him. I think it's the entire generation. So it's really about that SLA, providing that experience, and that really hits the top line. The previous category that we talked about was generating new revenue streams. So Wi-Fi is just absolutely critical to businesses, no matter what your business is.
1: Sure. Yeah. Okay, and risk management is the third category that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, that's the one that is really exciting to me, Okay, right? Because today, at least, that's the frontier, right? If you ask me in two years, there'll be something else. <laughs> but that's really the frontier. So what do I mean by that? So risk mitigation. So how does risk come in? Like obviously, we've talked about bad experience top line. So we'll leave that aside. But risk could be based on security. Uh-huh. Risk could be based on bad actors within your networks, And the data from the Wi-Fi really allows you to get enough information about the bad actors to be able to do something about it. Now, let me give you a very specific example because that will really bring it into context here. So going back to the stadiums, right? We love stadiums. We love sports. And remember, we are not just in stadiums in North America. We are on the other side of the pond as well. So think, you know, big soccer franchise like Liverpool, Man U, you know, uh, the Olympic Stadium in Berlin and stuff. So we have this experience pretty much globally at this point in time. So legal gambling while you're watching the game. We all know that's where we're headed, right? We all know that's something that everybody wants to get. The issue is that just very generally speaking... You are betting on certain events, like somebody would get out, somebody would hit a home run, somebody would do a touchdown, somebody would score a goal, you know, whatever the case is. So you're betting on an event and your ability to find out that event at the same time as every other person who is betting on it is really critical for betting to work. Right. Yeah, that's really the case. Now imagine that that feed of events is going out from the stadium and it's an official feed, but somebody sitting in the stadium in the stands is actually tweeting that out before your actual official feed can go out. That would just literally destroy the whole betting thing. I'm over-exaggerating, but you get my point there, right? So that's considered a bad actor in the context of in-person live gambling, Right. Okay, well, what does that have to do with Wi-Fi? So as we move forward in Wi-Fi with Wi-Fi 6 and 6E, we have enough technologies to be able to triangulate and give you an approximate location of certain actors based on the behavior of activity that is coming from them. So imagine that if you figure out like, hey, there is this person who is tweeting every single time where there is a bettable event. Well, that will raise a behavior flag, right? So I'm just giving you examples on that. Okay. So that's really the kind of thing that I'm talking about that data from Wi-Fi specifically and the networks generally, when it is collected, analyzed, correlated, which is exactly what our AI platform does, it just opens up so many things for you. So starting from top line through SLA, new revenue generation and risk mitigation for entire business models, for example, in-person gambling. It's unbelievable, and it just boggles the mind when you actually sit down and think about, oh, it's the good old APs, and they're just connecting, (laughs) and they're everywhere. But no, they are really, I think, they are the keys to the economy of the future.
1: Well, that's a a bold statement. So you were talking about finding bad actors Mm -hmm. using location tagging. Wi-Fi 6 enables that, right?
0: Correct. Wi-Fi 6 enables that. That is built into that through triangulation and stuff. And then 6E has this as well. And obviously, it'll keep getting better and so on and so forth. And then obviously, we have our own kind of algorithms and AI on top of it that further refines it and, and stuff like that, yeah.
1: Excellent. All right. Before I let you go, I know that you said that technology has a responsibility to improve the human conditions. So where do you see now Wi-Fi making the biggest impact globally?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, technology, for the sake of technology, we should leave that to academia, right? So <laughs> technology should be for positive impact. And I think bringing Technology, business, and that social impact together, I really believe that's the business of the future. I talk quite a bit about that as an infinite enterprise, age of the infinite and stuff, but a topic for some other time. But it's really important to do that. And look, it is happening as we speak. Think about what Wi-Fi connectivity did for regular people during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, and, and what it didn't do for people who didn't have. Exactly, you
0: know. right? Just the difference between the haves and the have-nots based on this one technology through the pandemic is just mind-boggling. And we will be seeing you know consequences of that for multiple generations, right? Or multiple decades, at least, if not multiple generations. So that's really the positive impact that I'm talking about. But looking forward, think about this way, right? So it's not just for entertainment where like you're sitting in a stadium and you can be on a dating site. It's not really just for that, but think about our ability to connect patients in their homes clinicians in their homes and medical facilities on a remote location being able to combine them together to provide a really good timely and cost efficient healthcare experience to patients everywhere that is positive impact and that is provided through not just Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is obviously the way, the last mile where That's everything connects. That's what I was going
1: to ask you about, yeah. Because... But it
0: really goes through the whole entire network. And this is why if you think about extreme, we always talk about one network, one cloud. Okay. We don't talk about wired and wireless and stuff. We say like, look, there's one network and the purpose of that one network is to connect people, application and devices, no matter where they are, using any of the underlying technology. It could be wired, it could be Wi-Fi, it could be cellular, 4G, 5G, it could be the low-orbit enterprises, it could be the cable, it could be the fixed wireless, you know. It could be any of those technologies. But the purpose of all of these technologies is to connect people, application, and devices, but in a one-network way, not in silos. Because if you connect them in silos, the connectivity would work, but all of this amazing power of data that we just talked about will not work if it sits in silos. So one network and then one cloud that really makes all of this analytics possible. So that's really the positive impact. Now, same thing students, right? Like today, when students go into the class, it's not just the teacher with a chalkboard and a chalk writing stuff on there. Their learning experience is both physical and digital in that classroom. Imagine if there's no Wi-Fi. So that's really where better Wi-Fi, and that's where 6E is really a game changer Mm -hmm. because it provides not only just more bandwidth, but it is cleaner spectrum. And you can push higher bandwidth intensive applications all the way down, richer experiences and stuff. So all of these things come together to really enhance the experience of humans, be it students, be it patients, be it spectators, the list goes on and on. And that's really what I think about when I say that technology has a responsibility towards positive social impact. I'll stop there, because this is a topic that you have to, you know, make me stop. Right. I'll keep talking about it. Well, for no, days. <laughs> but I can
1: I can tell that, you know, you see yourself as part of the bigger ecosystem, yes. you are the last mile. So I have to ask you, you know, given your view of the bigger picture, are you Keeping an eye as a company on on what's going on in the U.S., particularly with with government funding for closing the digital divide with broadband. I mean, it's not government funding for Wi-Fi per se, but it's going to help your business a lot, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, we work through our ecosystem partner, through our distribution partners to value-added partners, and sometimes our peers in the industry as well. Uh Because look, again, the bottom line is we live in a connected world, and the operative word is connected. And those who are not connected, unfortunately, they are at the outskirts of society and humanity. And And I know it's a big statement, but I really, really believe in that. So yes, we all run for-profit businesses. We are public companies, and we have shareholders and everything. But we can have a very successful business and help society at the same time. Actually, this is what I was talking about. Yet another panel in CES, we were talking about that, look, Positive impact is good business. We have seen the world where like good business meant like polluting the environment, good businessman not caring about whatever the case. I mean like, I don't wanna kind of like go down that rabbit hole. But today in this world, positive impact is good business. Either you're an investor, you're a company, you know, a business, or you're a consumer. And that is, in my opinion, the really the dawn of that age of infinite, and I am so 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 looking forward to you know how it rolls out because I really believe that we have taken a turn towards the positive in this you know hopefully post pandemic world.
1: Let's hope so. All right, Nabil Bakari, CTO at Extreme Networks. Thank you so much for being here on the Signal.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate. It.
1: And that is our show. Don't forget to check the show notes for more resources. And don't forget to subscribe to The Signal on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You'll get all the latest episodes straight to your device. For all things Wi-Fi, check out Wi-Fi Alliance. That's y-fi.org. I'm Martha DeGrasse. Thanks for listening. Please join us next time on The Signal.